Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, you know, we do this from time to time. Uh, I like to jump into one of the major sports towns around the country if they merit it. And by meriting it, I mean have at least two teams in the major national sports conversation. If you can get three, that's even better. If you get all four, okay, fine. But uh, hockey has not really grabbed the national attention yet, at least not for me. Shame on me if it hasn't, but that's the case. Um, But right now, in the Metroplex down there in Texas, and that includes both Dallas, Arlington, all those uh, surrounding towns, I would say that the uh, Texas area, the Dallas area, is grabbing a whole bunch of sports attention with the Cowboys, with the Mavs, and to a lesser extent, but don't leave them out of it, the Texas Rangers have been pretty active during this offseason. Uh, we're going to touch on all three of those teams, probably a little bit more Cowboy-heavy than anything else, with our next guest. He talks about about them day in and day out on his show, the Shannon RJ Show on 105.3 uh, down in Dallas. RJ Choppy joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. Staying busy, RJ? As always, I'm uh, coming off a week's vacation. This, my vacation was last week, so back to work time now, huh? There you go. Uh, during the holidays, you hop back in, get it off before. Good for you. Well, you missed out on some action with the Cowboys <laughs> finally looking good against a good team. Their first win against a team with a winning record all year when they just housed the Rams last week. That was the beginning of your downtime. I'm sure you watched it before you relaxed. Where the hell did that game, game come out of? <laughs> Well, you're you're uh, you're asking the right question there. We don't know. Like we, none of us have any idea where that game came from. I'll tell you. You know, I, I, looking back on it, and after seeing the performance, uh, we, I, I look at myself and I'm like, how did I not see this coming? This is what the Cowboys do. They beat teams they're familiar with. They played the Rams in the playoffs last year. They played them in the regular season over the last couple of years a few times. They're familiar uh, as, as familiar with a team outside of your own division as you can be. You know, Seattle too. They're pretty familiar with them. This is what they do. They beat teams they know. Like that's Jason Garrett is really good at devising game plans or at least getting his team ready to beat teams they're they're familiar with. Um, you line up and play them, and that's what they did. Like they they, they kind of went back to back a little old school. Um, they ran the ball a little bit better than they had in, in, in the past. Uh, they, they may have uh, corrected the mistake they made in the playoffs last year where. The Rams said they that the Cowboys were tipping on the defensive line. They like the Rams offense knew what the Cowboys defense was going to do. So, you know, there were some things there that they corrected, but you know, this is kind of what they do. They beat teams they're familiar with. Well, they've got a team they're quite familiar with because they play them twice a year every year. And of the over the last couple of years, not only have they played them, but they've kind of owned them, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. During that time, the Eagles went ahead and win a, won a Super Bowl, uh, and the Cowboys haven't done that in decades. But the Cowboys have been able to beat the Eagles. Do they have that level of confidence you're talking about because of familiarity? They can beat teams they know real well? I mean, I think they do. I think they have that confidence. You know, like 
they were shell shocked. They were literally shocked in Chicago. I mean, that game in Chicago, you looked at the bench and those players were just stunned that they were getting their butts whooped the way they were. And the same thing happened against Buffalo. I mean, they just got destroyed by both of those teams. Three straight nationally televised games, they got worked in. And, you know, I look at this team, and I think this team looks at the fact that they're 5-1 and one against the NFC East last year, 5-1 and one against the NFC East the year before. I mean, they just dominate this division. Now, two of the teams stink. But, you know, they've had their, they've had their way kind of with Philadelphia as well. So, yeah, I do think there's a level of confidence that, that they could run the table here and win this division. You know, then you get into the postseason as an entirely different animal. But, um, yeah, I do think there's a level of confidence that they can they can go on and beat Philly. All right. I want you to comment on my stance on the game because I did three, three shows during the week here in, uh, down in Philadelphia. And I said it, to me, comes down to one really simple fact. There are 100 factors that can come into the game. But one, I think, stands well above all the others. And that's Ezekiel Elliott. If he goes for his 110 and the Cowboys control the pace and win the time of possession, they're going to beat the Eagles. But if the Eagles can rally and keep him from dominating and make Dak Prescott throw it 35 times with either a bum uh, finger or a bum shoulder or a bum both of them, I think the Eagles actually have a chance to win the game. Uh, Dak ran it real well. Uh, Zeke ran it real well, well against him earlier this season. Uh, give me Zeke's total yards in the game, and I'll tell you who's going to win. I think it's just that simple. How about you? I, I do think a lot of it plays. I, I, you know, with Dak's arm, I mean, like, I, I think that there's going to be a very limited chances that Dak gets out and runs the ball. Um, you, you land on that shoulder, and all of a sudden that that, that shoulder kind of sticks a different way. Um, you know, that, that, that thing is not – the MRI was clear – but, I mean, let's be real. There's a difference between a clear MRI and, and a shoulder that's 100%. Nobody's 100% week 16 anyway. But, yeah, I mean, if, if Philadelphia, if the Cowboys don't run the ball a lot and they don't have the opportunity to run, it's probably because Philadelphia's in the lead. And that's the best way to keep Zeke from running the football is to get an early lead. Uh, yeah, I, I expect the Cowboys to try to run. But the only way that they – well, the best way for Philadelphia to win is probably to keep Zeke at about 70 yards force Dak to throw it with a bum shoulder, with a, with a hairline fracture in his finger, and, and, then, and then, you know, go on your way and try to beat him that way. Because, you know, if the Cowboys become one-dimensional, either way, one-dimensional throwing, one-dimensional running, you know, they're just – their best advantage, which is offensive line, running the ball, keeping the quarterback protected, is all out the window. We're talking to R.J. Choppy for 105.3, the fan down in Dallas, about the Cowboys-Eagles matchup on Sunday. All right, above and beyond it, and this weekend's game and uh, the way that it plays is going to have a uh, big say in the first step in a specific direction of the question I'm asking you, but I believe that the head coach of the E Cowboys is darn close to a dead man walking. Uh, now, you can't say he's out the door yet because, hey, they win this week, they get into the playoffs, they get a home playoff game, they win that one, then they win another one. All of a sudden, they're in the NFC Championship game, all bets are off. But I think it's going to take that kind of run for Jason Garrett to save his, save his job. You feel the same? Pretty much. Um, you know, I do think it's always – I always found it silly. Like, if the guy is going to get fired in week 16, but then all of a sudden they get a lucky interception in the wild card round, and then they all of a sudden beat a team in the division round, all of a sudden he's a great coach worthy of an extension. 
but that's kind of the era of the NFL, right? Uh, I just found it, I always found it a little bit odd. Like, why would you fire a guy? You're, you're 100% going to fire him week 16, but then all of a sudden he wins a couple of lucky games in the playoffs and he's all good to go. But that may be the position they're in. I do think Jason has to put some performances together. They could lose. They could win in the wild card round. Said they beat Seattle. And then they have to go to San Francisco. And then they lose a close game to San Francisco on the road, a team that has already beaten New Orleans on the road, a team that played uh, you know Baltimore to three points on the road. That's a quality opponent. You're not as good as them. You know, I think that might save it. But, I mean, if he gets to the NFC Championship the game, I think he's 100% safe in his job. I don't think he has to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, but I do think there's some, there's some obstacles ahead of him. And there's some opportunity where he doesn't necessarily have to reach a certain round, but it's about how the team is playing, too. I think you, the point you made was excellent that one game shouldn't really ever decide anybody's fate and fortune and a lucky tip pass or whatever. But you're right. That's the way it is in the NFL. And that's where I think Jason Garrett sits these days. We're talking RJ Choppy, 4035 The Fan down in Dallas. We know it's a football town, and the Cowboys come first, second, and third. Mavs have probably benefited from flying under the radar. How is their fan base handling? First, the great Dantich run, and I thought he was an MVP candidate. Been hurt, missed the last couple of games, so Porzingis has stepped up. I watched him last night come up huge against the 76ers. How good a basketball team you got down there? You know, they're pretty good, um, and none of us thought. I did take their over. I bet the over, uh, 41 wins, uh, which was you know, the Mavs had hit the under like eight straight years leading up to this year. Uh, <laughs> they had hit the under uh, in their win total. But I took the over. I was like, you know what, 40, 41 wins. If, if Dodge takes that next step. You know, the, the, the surprising thing is that the fan base was slow to come back. You know, this Mavs uh, TV ratings locally, they were getting .81, over the last three, four years. Uh, and now they're, now they're up to about one and a half to twos uh, for most of the game, but Fan base is, is it's always been there. There's always been, it's probably been the third town, third team in town. It's always the Rangers are ahead of the Mavs, uh, but the Mavs fan base is coming, and and the, they have the one thing that even they, they now they had it with Dirk, but they didn't. This is must see. Like Luka Doncic, when he is out there, is a must see, can't miss basketball player, and we've never seen even in Dirk's MVP year, he didn't put up the kind of numbers and the freak show numbers that Doncic is putting up. Like, he never put those up. He was a different kind of player. It's not really fair to compare the two. There's two different kind of guys. But Luka is must-see, and this team has become a lot of fun. Like, their bench, uh, I saw a stat not too long ago that 14 of their guys that, you know, have, have, have played regular minutes, 12 of them have shooting percentages above league average above where they should be. And it's just fantastic, like, what they've been able to do. Rick Carlisle has done hands-on work with Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, you know, they're, they're really kind of, you know, meshing the rotations up well. The team has become very good. I don't think they're a title contender yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were a team that, let's say they get the four or five seed. That one seed doesn't want to see them in round two. I can guarantee you that. Understood. And no issues between Porzingis and Doncic? Uh, they're working well together because Porzingis talked his way out of New York. There were a lot of issues between he and the Knicks and the way that he was handled and his own attitude. You could uh, throw blame at either side, but uh, apparently he's fit in like a glove down there. He and Lucas see everything eye to eye on the floor? 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's obvious, um, you know, there's obvious like kind of getting to know you problems and that, that come with playing basketball. I mean, even you know LeBron and Wade when they first got together, they went to the, they went to the finals that first year, but you know they weren't clicking on all cylinders, and 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 the Mavs aren't clicking yet with with those two. Uh, you know, I think Porzingis. Uh, when he's on the floor, but Luca's not, the team drops off quite a bit. Uh, but then again, Porzingis has come off that injury. He's not 100% yet, but he's 100% from a health standpoint. But, you know, there's there's been some rust over the first 20 games or so. So uh, they've gotten better. They've gotten better together. There's no doubt about that uh, as the season's progressed. Now you get the Luca injury, and, and, you know, things kind of take a step back a bit. Yeah, didn't take a step back last night against Philadelphia. Hardaway couldn't That's miss. True. Porzingis played great. Uh, so uh, we had already planned on doing a Dallas spot, and the Hickman had already lined you up. But I said, it's a good spot. I can talk about the Mavs because I'm going to watch them. And uh, they impressed me with the way they played last night. All right, uh, quick note or two on your baseball squad. I give the Rangers credit. I think they've done a nice job at rebuilding that pitching staff on the fly. Um, last year during the trade deadline, there were rumors about they could trade either Minor and or Lance Lynn. Well, instead, they've gone out and added two guys to those pretty good veterans uh, via the free agent market. And then the Corey Kluber trade I thought was phenomenal. If he's healthy, he's a stone-cold steal. The Rangers seem like they have as good a, as far as depth goes, rotation as maybe anybody in the American League this side of the Yankees. Are they going to keep it together and try and win with pitching this year? Do they think that can get them back into the uh, West race against the Astros, who might have some issues, Sons, Garrett Cole, and who knows how many other individuals because of potential sanctions mm. by MLB? Man, I'll tell you, when, when when they left the winter meetings, you know, we were on the air that week. I was still, I hadn't gone on vacation yet. We murdered them. Just a complete inability to go after anybody. Low ball on Anthony Rendon. It was a disaster. And then they pull off this Kluber trade, and it's like, okay, you know, that's high risk, uh, low risk, high reward. Love the deal. You know, if Corey Kluber's nothing, you gave up a fourth outfielder and a reliever for him. Not a big deal. It was totally a no-brainer. Uh, you know, th- th- there was talk about going after, like, an Arenado. I mean, they still got to solve the third base. But, you know, the American League is, is it's, it's the Yankees. And there's nobody else outside of the Astros, and who knows what that cloud over them, what they're going to wind up doing. I mean, this is as good of a year as any to try to compete. You know, are, are they going to be able to jump Oakland? Oakland's going to win 90, 95 games again. I mean, that's what they do. Uh, the Angels are much improved, uh, obviously. So, I mean, it's a tougher it's a tougher division than it was last year, uh, you know, save for the fact that the Astros may take a step back. They may not win the same amount of games. But they're going to try to compete with pitching, and we have not seen that. You know, we have not seen the Rangers compete with uh, pitching. And, look, I didn't live here in 1990, and that was about the last time when they had Kevin Brown and Nolan Ryan and they had Witt, and they had a, they had a good rotation back then. Uh, but, I mean, this is a team that's going to try to compete with pitching. I mean, go for it. I'm all in. I love that, that style of baseball, and it's something unique and different. We don't know how the ballpark's going to play. It's a new park. Uh, is it going to play like a hitter's park with the roof closed, with the roof open? Is it going to be a hitter's park anyway? The last one was a hitter's park. No idea how this ballpark is going to play. We'll find out until you get in the stadium. RJ, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Hope you enjoyed your week off. Now go back to work before you get more time off for the holidays. That's right. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure to be on. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. 
even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.